0: If your loved one has a hoarding problem, let's work together on a solution. Thank you for stopping by the Hoarding Solution podcast and checking out where we talk about hoarding and trauma and the different things that all go into aspects of mental health. Today we are talking with Michelle Evans of Rock Solid Love. And I've known Michelle for a little bit and I appreciate the perspective that she brings to a lot of different things. And I'm happy to have her here um, talking about her journey today. So welcome, Michelle. Hey Tammy, thanks so much for having me. Thanks for being here and and talking with us and sharing about your, your journey and this morning I was thinking about, it, I was like, well, where, where do we start? And I guess I was thinking, <laughs> um, what you're comfortable with, but like, you know, what was life like for little Michelle, you know, how, how did that start? And, and then, you know, whatever you feel led to share with us about your journey.
1: Oh, what was it like to be in little me? That's that's a hard one. <laughs> uh, it, it was scary. And it was lonely. Mm. Yeah. Um, very unpredictable. I learned really young that the safest place for me to be was as invisible as possible. Mm. So to not draw attention to myself. Because when my father is an addict. Mm. Um, when I was younger, it was his drug of choice was cocaine and alcohol. And it, it made, it always felt like you were walking a minefield because I never knew what would set him off. And I learned really quickly that when men yell, my father in particular, then you needed to brace yourself for impact.
0: Mm. And that's so tough when you're young, you know, like to have to learn that lesson at such a young age is really a challenge.
1: Mm -hmm. And well, and it creates a challenge throughout your entire life, right? Because the safest thing I could do as a child was to try and make everybody else happy. And so that, of course, carried through my adolescent years and my young adult years and worked out really poorly for romantic relationships <laughs> and any semblance of boundaries because I really figured that if I loved you enough, then maybe you would decide I was valuable and lovable.
0: And that's the thing that I think when, when you start diving into your adult relationships you start to look at maybe you didn't weren't quite as ready for those (laughs) and I found that to be true too like I I didn't realize the the piece of trying to make everybody else happy like if I did that then you'd like me right (laughs) then you'd love me then I'd be worthy of
1: it well and the most ironic part For me, looking back and like what I know now and what I do now is when we're doing that it's all about the masks that we wear so nobody even has a chance to love the real us because they don't ever get to see the real us. And probably because I don't know about you, but I didn't know who I really was either. I was this semblance of all of these masks that I wore to try and try and get approval to try and get validation that I didn't even know who I was without the masks because in order to survive I started wearing them really young
0: and and that's what it is it's that survival you know we instinct and so why would we show our real us to people who would hurt us like why would I disclose that to you based on what I already see you doing like uh, it's not safe for me to be who I really am or ask for what I need because as a kid it's like that person doesn't care so why would I why would I even risk that you know and i i guess i feel like i didn't even know who i was so how in the world could i expect anybody else to
1: <laughs> yeah oh i I I hear that one. That was probably the scariest realization in my life is that when I realized I had no idea who I was outside of the things that I did.
0: Mm.
1: I didn't even know what I liked to do because I was so busy doing everything that I had to do.
0: And I think that's the, the challenge is we get so busy doing whatever we think we should do or what someone kind of expects us to do that we get lost in who we might have been or who we think we want to be and it seems like like we have to survive like these momentous horrifying events to kind of uncover who we are and it's i was journaling actually this morning about a situation and as much as it was a trigger it was also the freedom switch you know it was this moment in time when you find out the truth and and I I need to figure out who says this something about the truth will set you free but first it will piss you off and (laughs) I have found that to be really true if you're on a journey to improve your life or the life of your family like sometimes you have to get really ticked off and really look at that ugly situation before you go oh all right i got it but it's not happening anymore
1: yeah i actually get to take control of this yeah
0: and i i think that idea that we can actually start to control what we allow by having a boundary by using the word no, <laughs> um, by figuring out those things, that's how you start to move from just surviving into thriving and maybe that cherry on top where whatever you went through can help other people, which is what I see you doing.
1: I'd, I'd love to say your greatest light can be found in your deepest darkness. And it requires it requires a lot of healing which is not a light switch, which is not easy, but that super dark time that you survived through gives you the skills to be able to connect with other people and truly have compassion and understanding on an entirely different level. I like to say it's the difference between standing on a stage and sitting on the floor. (laughs) very true Uh, you really once you've survived some
0: of these things like it's like there's this additional level of awareness that you couldn't possibly have if you hadn't sat on that floor cried on that floor (laughs) spent a lot of time down there (laughs) you know writhing around so that you're in a place where i don't know i kind of think of it as like you both people can't be in the ditch. Somebody's got to be up just a little bit so you can pull.
1: <laughs> <Or Yep. try.
0: laughs>
1: yeah, and that, it works way better that way.
0: <laughs> just in finding someone who actually is not judgmental is just, I think one of the biggest challenges, at least what from what I saw, working in a... a Large government entity, like it's so easy to judge what's in front of you versus taking a minute to maybe understand it on a deeper level before you open your mouth. And, you know, I had to learn that personally, but also I'm amazed by how many people are walking around so injured and traumatized that they don't even recognize that they're treating the other people the same way like they're not they haven't gotten too aware about their own survival yet which would lead them to empathize with people who are going through homelessness or recovery or job loss or you know i just feel like if you haven't gone through some of those things like you're not qualified to (laughs) to judge
1: (laughs) well and and the funniest part about it is like, anytime you find yourself judging someone else, it's a mirror on how, how you are currently judging yourself. Right? Like, I, I'm a pretty heavy girl. So I, I always like to use the example of a really heavy girl walking down the street in spandex and a bikini top and the first thing people and I, I've caught myself doing this before I've and sure like, done it too <laughs> he should not be wearing that which is what it boils down to is oh my god I would not be comfortable wearing that exactly <laughs> right like It's just the mirror. Like we can't say what people should and shouldn't wear. That's what we're telling ourselves about that situation.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Right. And once, once you can love and accept yourself enough, that it's a non-issue, then anytime you see it, it will be a non-issue.
0: Yes. And you know, the other day we had a lot of wind and I'm, I'm just, nuts enough to go walking in it and but i was like wow i really appreciate my ballast today that is keeping me grounded (laughs) (laughs) like if i was had less food on me (laughs) it would have been a harder journey to walk back up the hill with that resistance but i've learned that that if i have to love me like as i am like and one of the greatest gifts was recognizing that I had value just period. Like there's no qualifying. Yeah. And that's not a message you get when you're growing up, when we're running around trying to achieve things or get job like you don't get this message that you're valuable. At least that was not my experience. I know, I guess, people who got that privilege scenario but i don't feel like i was one of them like i didn't i felt like i had to prove something all the time i had to earn any whatever praise goodness love like i had to spend all this time running around earning things versus oh well guess what you're just valuable that's it i mean it took me a couple years i think to wrap my head around that concept of just being inherently valuable
1: and I'm, I'm I'm with you. I That's not something that I felt as a child either. And it's something that i I try to communicate to everyone always now is you are amazing because you breathe. That's you are just amazing.
0: And people, once you start to, it's really interesting when you can impart that to people. I mean, you see, people that you may not expect, like tear up and be so grateful that you took the time to remind them of that, or at least help them see that that's part of the deal. Like you're valuable. Like whatever happens over here, isn't going to change your value. Like that is not part of the equation.
1: That and, and that you're perfectly imperfect. Like, I know for a large part of my life and most of my clients too, that perfectionist tendency, like everything has to be perfect and oh my God, I messed this up and now I suck and I'm a loser and, but you are perfectly imperfect. You are designed to screw up. That is a thing that's going to (laughs) happen. That's how we learn. It is not fun
0: learning it sometimes, but I mean, I had a thing yesterday where I was like, oh, well, I didn't realize it was that simple, but I didn't know how to fix it. And someone called me up and said, hey, this is how you do it. And I was like, I was like, at first I was like, oh my gosh, how did I screw that up? But then it was like, this person cared enough to say, hey, by the way, this is what we need to do. It's simple. This is how you do it. I'm going to hang out here for a minute. We're going to make sure the name change is done, whatever. And so, but there, there's that old story that says, oh, I can't do anything right. And I screwed this up. And it's like, dude, it took less than five minutes to just correct this, but getting to the place where you can accept that you're perfectly imperfect (laughs) is a journey, but I just like to i just think of myself as a work in progress like i'm never going to be perfect but imperfect action is often sufficient like that's what you need to do is take the action you don't necessarily have to worry that it's perfectly aligned
1: yeah like i i'd love to say i'm always learning always growing always practicing because I can say a lot of really great stuff, it doesn't mean that there aren't times where I ignore everything that comes out of my mouth, and end up (laughs) in a pit still, like, doesn't last as long, I've got better rebound skills, I've been practicing for years, and it still happens. I like that, rebound
0: skills, like, that is, like, a a thing, like, learning to bounce back a little quicker a little better to let it not linger as long I mean I don't know if I've everybody ever heard anyone call it that but I like it rebound skills (laughs) (laughs) I mean I think of it in terms of like basketball but I didn't think of it in terms of oh this is how these are the tools I I have better tools now where I can rebound I I don't I might stay in the pit for an hour instead of, you know, a week, like, you know, I'm cutting down on that time I spend trying to recover from whatever perceived thing I'm dealing with, whatever screw up I think I just did.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I also always encourage my, my clients, like when they're, when they're working on doing things differently to always celebrate when you catch yourself doing the crappy thing or what i call the default behavior Mm. right we've all driven home from work and oh i'm gonna stop at the grocery store on the way home and all of a sudden you're in your driveway and you have no idea how you got there (laughs) because you just went into default fish upstream and and that happens in our thought process too so when that negative thought comes instead of beating yourself up over it because you didn't think the happy thing. Celebrate that you saw the crappy thing. Because as soon as you celebrate noticing the action that you want to change, you have the choice to change it, right? Like they say recognition is half the battle and it's so true because if you don't recognize that you're doing it, then you're not going to change it as soon as you recognize it, you now have a choice. Do you pull out of your driveway and go back to the grocery store? Or do you say, forget it, I'm going to try again tomorrow. Either way, you now have a choice, right?
0: And once you're, you know, being aware of it, it, it like, and I think it applies in so many things, like what is, what is a trigger, depending on what your personal situation is? What is, um, what is something that, you know, is very annoying to you. And and all of a sudden you're, you're responding and you don't even realize I'm responding because of this, but what's really going on is this over here. And until you figure out that middle piece, you're always going to just be reacting until you figure out, Hey, this is, you know, I recognize that this is a problem for me. How can I either deal with it better or prepare a little more? Because sometimes you're, going right back into those same triggering situations. So how do you manage it better? You know, how do you prepare yourself to have that hard conversation or what like how do you get ready for those things? And unless you recognize this murky place, you won't you won't do anything different. You it's almost like you can't, like you're programmed to just repeat the same thing over and over again until you start to recognize that old record showing my age now that old (laughs) that mp3 just keeps going you know (laughs) until you go oh i need to interrupt this pattern here
1: yeah and and one of the one of the biggest things i think um in beginning to recognize that is anger because Lots of people when, when they get triggered feel angry and anger is not a primary emotion. Um, I love Dr. Jody Carrington. You she works with kids, but she uses the phrase, mad is sad's bodyguard.
0: Hmm. I like that. I, so, and it's true.
1: Yeah. Anger is a defense mechanism, which means like if you really want to get into self-exploration and what's going on within yourself then it's usually trying to protect you from some kind of fear or hurt or pain and so like you said getting underneath that right
0: and the the whole idea of about um like depression is anger turned inward and so i i think that's a piece like you get so angry but you can't deal with it so you turn it on yourself but the truth is is that usually you're pretty sad when you're and that's true like I can be when you stop and you realize that you're mad but you could look at like well what are these triggering things underneath it like it it's most likely that you're covering something up with that anger and not addressing whatever is happening underneath and so i think that's why a lot of people are struggling in some cases because they're turning everything that's going on against themselves
1: yeah well and it happens lots when you don't have a safe outlet mm-hmm. right i always i i love the balloon analogy right that when, when you're covering things up it's like holding a balloon up underwater Mm. it gets to the point where it's not a difficult thing to do right at some point your arms are gonna get tired and that is gonna bounce back up out of the water and hit you in the face right
0: and and it happens when you like you'll be doing something else and and there will be this something that'll trigger that and it's like totally unrelated to whatever you're doing right at that moment but then it just blows up in your face and I find that with crying. Like if I have some undealt, some issue I haven't dealt with, and then later I get mad, I'm crying, but it's not because of that situation. It's because of this other thing over here.
1: <laughs> yeah. Because of the thing that you have been ignoring,
0: Right. And so then something else kind of, you step in it and you're like, oh, <laughs> but for years, it, I never made that connection. You know, I, I never made the oh, well, this is why I'm upset over here, but it's actually has to do with this thing over here that I didn't know how to resolve as a kid or I didn't know that this thing is what was really causing problems in the marriage. You know, like I never, I didn't dive deep enough at that time to understand that I was responding to some other thing over here. But I think that's very common as a kid if you've grown up, being neglected in some way or if it's there's chaos or you're always worried about somebody else's feelings how is there room for you to deal with yours like I remember sitting with a therapist going oh well how do you feel about this I'm like um can you give me some feeling words because I like couldn't even name one
1: (laughs) yeah and and I think I think you're absolutely right and that that's a survival mechanism right is that we turn off that connection Mm
0: -hmm.
1: to our own selves. And, and I think that happens for the, I would like to say the majority of people. And because we have all been traumatized Mm -hmm. by this is what it takes to be accepted. And this is what it takes to earn recognition all of those things it just appears different in our lives but the stories built are the same
0: and that, and that trauma that's not
1: lovable, right the trauma is almost like a
0: foundation like so many people like our lives are built on these traumatic things And then we wonder why our foundation feels a little off kilter, you know, because we built it on this thing that that's not true. And I just see so many levels of trauma, whether it's you're recovering from alcohol addiction, you're recovering from child abuse, you're uh, recovering from hoarding. You're like, there's so many places where trauma is like this primary I want to say bedrock, but it's not stable. Like, it's like this real faulty, it's like you live on a fault line, you know, and it's not a stable space to, to live forever. You know, if you don't look at what, what's going on. And I just think there's so much trauma underneath some of these behaviors. Um, We're all like scared little kids running around. Like we don't really know how to resolve any of that and we just keep banging our heads against the wall it seems like until you start to focus on oh maybe i don't like this bruise on my head <laughs> <laughs> maybe that hurts yeah maybe that's not a good plan and then how am i teaching others uh, like how i treat me is how i treat how i teach others to treat me right so how how do i start to treat me better and that in turn causes better things to happen, which is really what I love about what you do. I love your, the name, rock solid love. Like, don't we all need that level? Just like straight love and it needs to be solid like like that. I mean, and so tell us more about how you, how you work with people, how you help people get to that other side because there's like this gap that people need A hand you know
1: yeah so I have I work with people in a couple different ways either in a group setting or one-on-one and it is all about holding holding that space of rock solid love and helping you to see how amazing you really are underneath of everything else
0: And it's just the that connecting piece, um, and that you have this ability to ask questions. <laughs> it's like you really are energetically there, and so you can hone in on the question that you that you actually need to ask, and that your client actually needs to answer. <laughs> before you move forward. And I think there is a unique skill in there to kind of hear what's not being said.
1: It, it is a combination of hearing what is not said and I am also an intuitive. So I, I kind of get told what to say to you and that is different for every single person. And it is, that ability to connect fully and completely on every level. And it's also what makes my clients feel safe enough to be able to explore those dark corners because they know that they're not alone.
0: And that idea that we aren't alone is so, it's so valuable because so many situations are infused with shame or guilt or whatever and we think we're the only one that experienced whatever situation and there is some kind of comfort when you start to explore this idea that you aren't alone that other people have survived things which means you might too like there might be a chance that you're going to get through this
1: well and if anybody is here listening then like chances are pretty good you have survived everything and made it <laughs> 100% survival rate <laughs> up to this point <laughs> exactly and and for me that that's the key is that no matter where you've been what you've done where you're going you are never ever alone and you are always loved and through our childhood trauma scenarios, we have forgotten that both of those things are true. It's right? almost. It's also why I always talk about reconnecting with yourself and your spiritual support team, because it's not something that you have to find or you have to build. It's always been there. We have simply turned down the volume and forgotten how to communicate with that piece of ourselves.
0: And that's, it's so true that reconnecting, you start to find that thread of connection and it just starts to, I guess the way I, it starts to pull you toward the light. (laughs) Well,
1: and you find yourself in, in a state of flow that like, you know, and when, when that happens, like when that, when you reconnect with that and you can find that flow, you can begin to trust your intuition, then the stress automatically dissipates. There's no space for it because you remember that you don't have to figure everything out all by yourself. that you have an entire support team behind you and things seem way less scary.
0: And the team idea, you know, that you aren't going through this alone, that you can actually connect with people and you can connect spiritually and energetically, like we, all that's available to us. And I don't think we we're not conditioned to think we can, have it all like we're conditioned with scarcity versus how do we abundantly access all these things that we've lost that connection to
1: yeah. it, it's pretty pretty amazing when you when you get back to that space it, right? just, it and
0: eliminates it eliminates just like you're saying the stress of it is just kind of
1: Well, and you kind of get to relive your little kid years the way that we deserve to, right? Like when, when we're talking, when we're really little, like, you know, all the way up to age four, five, probably, We don't give a crap what anybody thinks. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Right? Like we'll dress up in a Halloween costume on Wednesday to go to the grocery store. (laughs) whatever it's fun like it's not until probably about the age of six and onwards that we start trying to twist and contort ourselves in order to feel like we're loved and accepted Mm -hmm. but before then like why do you think little kids have imaginary friends like that's that spiritual connection Mm -hmm. right that laugh out of nowhere that yeah (laughs) just don't have a care Mm -hmm. they haven't taught to be afraid of judgment yet so when you're able to reconnect you are able to be exponentially more joyous Mm -hmm. in everything that you do
0: i love that exponential joy like you just it's it is like rediscovering just that really simple piece of who you are and it's really i find that like i'm i'm older but i'm start, i'm at that place where i'm like eh. oh well like <laughs> i want to have a bath at one in the afternoon mm. I think I'm going to wear purple nail polish. Like, I don't, I don't care.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And to just giggle and have fun. Like, I think that was another big realization for me is that I had to like really dig deep on what is fun. Mm. Like what what is that because it didn't have much of a childhood right mm. i i was kind of a mom to my little brother from the time i was about five years old mm. so like what is what does that look like what does it feel like and i guess the biggest tool i have for people is just get super curious it's not about judgment it's about discovery like what trying different things and like you said learning feeling words right (laughs) and And then like if i try this you know what emoji describes me right now
0: right (laughs) (laughs) and you know that's actually like if you go like when i go to the chiropractor they have their little chart of like 10 little faces and they ask you like what's your pain level and And so I kind of use that as my like emotion level. Am I like flat asleep or am I irate? And somewhere in the middle, there's like happiness and joy. And like, there's this scale of feelings that you get to have. And one of the things that was suggested to me was if you can't figure that out, go find a little kid's book or something that talks about emotions or feelings, because That's real. And that's where you can at least start figuring it out. And you might look a little goofy in your 30s getting a kid's book at the library or whatever. But like who cares? Like you're trying, you're on this journey to be okay with you. So it's like that process that you go through. But I like the idea of being curious. I like the idea of discovery versus you know, judgment and you have to and you should. Um, so I appreciate the idea that we can discover versus I think judge everything
1: that's, that we're dealing with. Well, and, and that's exactly why I use those words and they're the basis for everything that I do for exactly that reason. Because as long as you are on an adventure and are curious as to what you can find, then there isn't any room for guilt or shame or judgment. Because we're not looking for what we did right or wrong. Like, those absolutes, there's no place for them because it's like a safari. Right? You might run into some lions and tigers and bears and you're going to act accordingly. And you might find a really nice serene river. But it is all about the discovery and the adventure.
0: And that that journey, like that adventurous journey is like, almost like the goal, like if you can just get to that place where you're on that adventurous journey, then you're you're just learning and applying and you're not, you know, it, it just it's more of a relaxed space to live, I
1: find. Yeah, and I also find adventures are exciting. Mm hmm. Right. But yeah. Hmm. What can I discover today?
0: (laughs) So if people want to have an adventure or have you on their journey, how do they, what's the best way for people to connect with you?
1: Uh, Probably through my website, www.rocksolidlove.ca because I am Canadian or they can just fire me an email and it's Michelle at rocksawlove.ca. All right.
0: Well, I really thank you for stopping by here today and talking with us and sharing your your perspective on the journey. And I appreciate you and the work that you do for help and for helping us reconnect. I really think that's a very valuable piece of what we need to be doing.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me, Tammy. It has been a pleasure to kind of drink coffee, chat a little bit, visit.
0: I always love those. I do too. Thank you so much.
1: If you or a loved one has
0: a hoarding problem, let's work together on a solution.